Can we honor him today? Can we praise the great I am? Can we praise the great I am? Then Hilkiah. Then Hilkiah, the chief priest, said to Shaphan the scribe, I have made discovery of the book of the law in the house of the Lord. So Hilkiah gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan the scribe said to the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And he was reading it before the king Josiah. And the king, hearing the words of the book, and the king, hearing the words of the book of the law, took his robe into his hands, violently parting it as a sign of his grief. And he gave orders to Hilkiah the priest, saying, Go and get directions from the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about the words of this book which has come to light. And the king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the people of Jerusalem and the priests and the prophets and all the people small and great and they were present at his reading of the book of the law which had come to light in the house of the Lord. And the king took his place by the pillar and made an agreement before the Lord to go in the way of the Lord and keep his orders and his decisions and his rules with all his heart and all his soul and to keep the words of the agreement recorded in the book. And all the people gave their words to keep the agreement. Come on, hands up, everybody. Hands up. I want to see dry bones living again. We stand in your presence, Father. Our hearts are open. We need you. We need you. We love you. We worship you. Do in us, God, do in us what you did in Josiah. Do in us what you did in the leaders of Judah, do in us what you did in the people of that nation, oh God. We're ready to receive your word. Speak to our hearts. Change us. Work in us. And we love you and we honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name. Yes, come on and exalt him today. Exalt him today. For 31 years, Josiah was the king of Judah. He began his reign at the tender age of eight. 
eight years. In his 16th year as king, Josiah began to seek the Lord. He was 24 years of age in his 16th year, and he began to seek the Lord. There was no king of Judah who followed the ways of God as he did. For Josiah never deviated from God's ways at any time during his tenure. In his 18th year of kingship, when he was 26, he began to repair the temple and to restore it to its former condition. And in the process of renovating the temple, a copy of the book of the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, the book of the law was discovered. Historians tell us this was the only copy remaining. The others had been destroyed by wicked kings prior to Josiah. Hilkiah the high priest shared his discovery with Shaphan. Shaphan was like a cabinet secretary. And Shaphan also read the book. And then Shaphan informed Josiah, the king, of his, this most important find, of this most important discovery, and he, Shaphan read it to King Josiah. And the king, upon hearing the words of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, he tore his clothes. He responded in brokenness. And he immediately organized to have this book read to every leader as well as every individual throughout the nation. And the results which followed that amazing discovery, starting with the king and his leaders, and then touching the entire nation is what I believe to be the greatest need of the church today, ourselves included. The incredible results which followed this amazing discovery, starting with the king himself and his leaders, touching the entire nation, is what I believe to be the greatest need of the church ourselves included. Today we begin a new series, Discovering Keys to Revival. Discovering Keys to Revival. I don't think there's a question in anyone's mind that our nation, our city, and our church needs revival. There is a darkness there is a darkness that is settling in and coming upon God's people, an intrusion of satanic influence driving 
families to turn against each other, causing incredible marital stress. Even in long-standing marriage relationships, driving families to turn against each other, even in the church. This satanic influence, this darkness inciting our youth to do some crazy stuff. Unheard of. You look around, you listen to what's going on, and it's obvious that all of hell is being unleashed against us in an unprecedented manner. In fact, humanity has no idea what to do right across the earth. They keep trying to fight this fight in the natural. But let me tell you, you cannot fight a spiritual battle in the natural. All kinds of legislation trying to stop the highest crime rates ever. And nations, many nations of the world, more gun control laws. I mean, they're just trying in every way to fight this darkness. The force that is driving this upheaval is backed by demonic strongholds. And the only way to stop hell is to cry out to God, to the God of heaven. That's the only way we're going to stop hell, is to cry out to the God of heaven. We desperately need God's intervention. And this is why we need revival. Revival, not brought about by man, but brought about by God. What is revival? Revival is a return to God. Number one, revival is a return to God. When we talk about revival, what are we, what are we talking about? It's, it's not centered around, or it doesn't mean, it can be centered around, but it's not, it doesn't mean having a bunch of revival meetings. Now, in revival meetings, revival can come. But revival means a return to God. Revival is the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of God's own people, whereby they return to a closer walk with God and with each other. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts. This is revival in the hearts of God's own people, whereby they return. Come on, return. to a closer walk with God and with each other. Revival means the recovery of life. The recovery of life to something that was dead or seemingly dead, such as the reviving of a drowned person. It's the recovery of life to something that was dead or seemingly dead. 
such as the reviving of a drowned person. Listen, revival, it's not applicable to situations where there was never any life in the first place. Because it means coming back to life. Coming back to life. That's what revival means. It's not applicable to situations where there was never any life in the first place because it means coming back to life. Psalm 85 verse 6 says, Won't you revive us again so that your people can rejoice in you? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? The Common English Bible says, Won't you bring us back to life again? I want to see dry bones living again. Won't you bring us back to life again so that your people can rejoice in you. That's revival. That's the breath of God blowing over those dry bones. That's that's bringing us back to that place of life. Joy that we can rejoice in you. Vision and passion that were once alive can be revived by God. Long gone dreams of living for God, serving God, can be restored and revitalized. Long neglected truth and obedience can return and become the center line of our life once more. That's revival. I want to repeat that. Vision and passion that were once alive can be revived by God. Long, grown dreams of living for God can be restored and be vitalized. Long, gone dreams of serving in the house of God, of giving yourself to the cause of Christ can be revitalized and restored. Long, neglected truth And obedience to that truth can return and become the center line of our life once more. Listen, it is the nature of all created things to wear out and wind down. It is the nature of all created things to wear out and wind down. It is the nature of a fire to go out. It is the nature of a sheep to wander. It is the nature of love to wax cold. It is the nature of the church to drift. It is the nature of people to forget. Therefore, from time to time, all of us need to be revived. All of us need to be restored to that early devotion we had for Jesus. All of us need to be restored to that early devotion, that that love and that hunger for His presence that we used to have, that longing, that craving after Him. All of us need to experience times of special awakening, and a fresh commitment to Christ. You see, most churches today have a, mem- have a number of non-committed members who merely give lip service to the Lord. Now, come on, stay with me. Most churches today have a number of non-committed members who merely give lip service to the Lord. They attend church services if... 
They go to sell if. They, they, they connect with the family of God if it's convenient. They connect with the family of God if the weather is nice. If visitors don't show up at home, and if there are no special services online, they are haphazard about Bible reading and prayer. Most churches today have a number of non-committed members who are haphazard about Bible reading and prayer. They often have not separated themselves from questionable activities of the world. And in the midst of all this casualness and complacency, might there be those, might there be those even here today who are sensing a growing urgency to climb higher in their walk with God? Are there any within Nairobi Lighthouse Church who have that sense of urgency, sensing a growing urgency to rise up, dry bones, live again, climb higher, go to new places in God, cast off that carnality and that lethargy and that complacency. What can be done? What can we do to stir up the fires of revival in our hearts in the church? Are you ready to make some discoveries in this series? Come on, are you ready to make some discoveries, some keys? Are you hungry, man? I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty as we sang about earlier? Psalm chapter 119, verse 25. Psalm 119, verse 25. It's amazing, the longest chapter of the Bible. We have have some amazing words regarding revival. And it's, it's, it's interesting because we don't usually read that chapter. It's too long for us. And so we miss an amazing thing that God is saying. I lie in the dust, completely discouraged. Revive me by your word. I lie in the dust completely discouraged. This is in studying revival, both in the scripture and then great revivals around the earth. This is the times when, 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 when most people and most churches, and this is the time when revival comes, when you're just battling discouragement, you're lying in the dust, you're right down, you're desperate. You come to a place of desperation. You're so desperate to have that life of God in you once more. You're fed up with everything that's been drawing you, pulling you away, taking the fire out of you. And it's that time of lying in the dust that you cry out for revival. Notice this request. Look at the last part of that verse, please. Revive me 
by your word. Revive me by your word. Today across the Christian world, especially within the church, there are so many who have embarked on a process of questioning, doubting, and ultimately rejecting aspects of the Christian faith, even the faith itself. Now follow me. Across the Christian world, especially within the church, many who have embarked on a process, many have embarked on a process of questioning, doubting, and ultimately rejecting aspects of the Christian faith. A number of the fundamental beliefs that are founded upon the Word of God are now considered by many to be old-fashioned and outdated, thus no longer relevant. They approach God's Word with the intent to disassemble, to deconstruct our beliefs by making the assumption that the Word of the Lord is subjective. Revive me by your Word. I'm lying in the dust. I'm completely discouraged. Revive me by your word. In today's world, we have people who approach God's word with the intent to disassemble our beliefs by making the assumption and pushing that assumption on people that the word of the Lord is subjective, meaning it's subject to man's opinion and approval. That's what we say when we mean subjective. It's subject to man's opinion and approval. It is put forth in convincing fashion that to change one's conviction of the ancient truths of the Bible is actually modern-day enlightenment. To change one's conviction of the ancient truths of the Bible is actually modern day enlightenment that will take one higher. High class nonsense. All of this points to one thing. The church of Jesus Christ is completely at that point desperate for revival. Where there is no fire of God in the church, the church is easily attracted to strange fire. Where there is no fire of God in the church, the church is easily attracted and consumed by strange fire. The first key we need to discover for revival, number one, we must fully embrace biblical authenticity and authority. This is the first key to discover, to revival, is that we, God's people, must fully embrace Bible, biblical authenticity and authority. Quickly now, we will never build a strong church unless it is Bible-centered. I said we will never build a strong church 
unless it is Bible-centered. Fads come and fads go. Trends come and trends go. People get before you and will perform and do all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, let me tell you something. We come back to this right here. This is what holds our immediate focus and commitment. Only as we respect the written word of God, only as we respect it and we seek to obey the written word of God will the church be revived. Come on, church. We, we, we must repeatedly renounce our human opinions that are contrary to what God says. And we must gladly accept God's instructions as given in the Bible. Jesus himself, who is our prime example. Come on, he's the head of the church. Jesus himself accepted the Bible as authoritative. In fact, he set the example in pointing back thousands of years earlier to foundational truths to those who had questions and to those who had doubts. Now there's nothing wrong with questioning if you're if you're really hungry and you really long for this truth. It's 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 good. It's good. We're not to we're, we're to be people who are searching and investigating and yeah, discovering. But I, I'm not going there today because that's where that's really not where I, 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 our focus needs to be. It's 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 on what's happening right now, and so many people who have followed God for so long are being taken out. Jesus accepted the Bible as authoritative. He set the example in pointing back thousands of years. Thousands of years earlier to foundational truths to those who had questions. He spoke of, in Matthew 19, he spoke of the creation of Adam and Eve. Jesus spoke of the flood in Luke chapter 17 in verse 27. He spoke of the flood in Noah's times. Do you know how many years it was from Noah to Jesus? And see, today, actually it was 2,638. 2,638 years from Noah to Jesus. And today, we're those who have been following the Lord for long, this new trend and this new deconstruction issue, they're, they're coming and they're, 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 they're saying that they're only looking back to our, the older generation and they're, they're saying you can't, you can't stand on that any longer. Jesus went back almost 3,000 years and He sets our example. The miracles performed by Elijah in Luke chapter 4. The big fish that swallowed Jonah in Matthew 12. Jesus spoke of the fish that swallowed Jonah in Matthew 12 verse 40. Jesus spoke of the life of David. In Mark chapter 2 and verse 25, Jesus spoke of the glory of Solomon in Matthew 8 or Matthew 6. Jesus spoke of the glory of Solomon, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in Luke 17. And all this record of Jesus' words, there is not even the slightest intimation at any time 
that the scriptures may be inaccurate or that the scriptures may be outdated or that the scriptures may be irrelevant at any point in any of this. And He is our example. Let's set the record straight. In all of His references, thousands of years previous, Jesus never intimated at any time that it's incomplete or it's inaccurate or it's outdated or it's not relevant. He never contradicted anything in the Old Testament sometimes. He expanded upon Old Testament truths, but He never contradicted the message of the Old Testament. As for the New Testament, He expressly declared in John chapter 14 and verse 26, He expressly declared that the Holy Spirit would guide the apostles and bring to their minds all that He had said to them. This is is the head of the church right here. To Jesus Christ, the Scriptures were the infallible Word of God. Not one word could be broken. When we discover what Jesus thought about the Scriptures, that is what we are to think about them. I want to repeat that. When we discover what Jesus thought about the Scriptures, that's what we are to think about them. If we believe that only parts of the Bible are to be embraced, for example, if we believe that only parts of the Bible are to be embraced, such as whether the Red Sea actually parted during the exodus from Egypt, or if we doubt that Jonah could have been swallowed by a big fish, then we can hardly help but wonder whether or not Jesus is really the Son of God. Now listen to me, friend. You can doubt about Jonah all day, but when you get to this part, is Jesus really the Son of God? That's eternal right there. That's, 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 oh, wait, wait a minute. You you can't enter the kingdom of God without embracing Jesus. As the son of God. You see, here's where that thinking leads to. If the Bible is wrong about Jonah, it might be wrong about Jesus. And so, questions begin to fill the mind. And doubts begin to come. Oh, God. Send your fire. Take us out of all of this. There can never be a genuine revival among God's people until we discover this key. The Bible is the authentic and authoritative Word of the living God. Give Jesus a mighty, mighty hand clap of praise. Are you hungry? Everybody stand, please. Come on, you say, Pastor, I'm I'm dry. I want want the Spirit. I want to be revived. Come on, in this series, I, I I I want to receive. Come on, I take hold of this key right now. Come on, hands up all over this room. Pastor, I, 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 I want to come back to that first love. I want to 
Father, in the name of Jesus, work in us. Father, in the name of Jesus, revive your church. We lie in the dust completely discouraged. Oh, God, revive us by your word. Lift us up, God. Let your people come. Every marriage, every marriage, my Father, be healed. Let husbands get on fire for Jesus. Let wives get on fire for Jesus. Let families come back together. Let families return, my God, to their first love. God, come in Jesus' name and visit us. Visit us, oh God. Visit our young people. Come and send the fire on the next generation, God. Let the fire fall on the next generation, Father. Oh God, send revival to Nairobi Lighthouse Church. Send revival to me, Jesus. Send revival to my heart, God. May I rise up, my Father, taking your word, never doubting it again. Oh, my God, never doubtfully questioning it again. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let your word come alive once more. In us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on and praise Him right now and give Him glory. Have an amazing week, everybody. God bless you.